You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. Well, we've been three weeks so far in our study of the family. What did we study the first session? The husband's responsibility towards his wife and his children. There we learn that a husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, and he is to bring up his children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In our second lesson, we learned about what? The wife's responsibility or duty towards her husband. What are the thing, two things that the husband needs the most? Reverence and submission. All right, they really go together there. And then uh, last week we learned how to raise a how to raise a spoiled brat. All right. Now tonight we're going to learn that one of the reasons why people raise spoiled brats is because they do not use the rod of correction. So this evening we're going to talk about training your children with the rod. All right, notice there's no rod in either one of their hands, but that kid is in really big time trouble. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we're going to learn tonight and how much information is given to us in your precious word concerning child discipline. And Lord, help us to be consistent in our discipline. Help us to learn how to use the rod of correction correctly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. have a lot of young families in our church here that uh, uh, need this type of uh, teaching. And uh, we needed it when uh, we were young parents. And so here we go. I know the kids are going to appreciate uh, this lesson here tonight. So how to use the rod effectively. How do you spank? How do you spank your children? Does the Bible say you should or you should not spank your children? The Bible obviously says that you should spank your children. So we're going to talk about child discipline tonight. We're going to cover a lot of areas besides just using the rod. We're even going to get into the teenage years and how you can have effective discipline uh, with your teenagers. But using the rod of correction is one of the most loving things that you can do for your children. Do you believe that? Parents believe that. Kids do not believe that. But it is, scripturally, one of the most loving things that you can do is to use the rod of correction. He that spareth his rod, what? Hateth. If you don't spank your children, if you don't use the rod of correction and use it at an early age, the Bible says that you literally hate your children. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Now that word betimes is not a word that we use, but it means often or when necessary. So when necessary, we use the rod of correction and it demonstrates our love for our children. Many believe that it's wrong to use the rod. Even Christian parents, many of them believe that it's wrong to use the rod. Now, We're going to learn how to use it in the wrong way and how to use it in the right way, okay? 
But this is one of God's main methods of discipline given to us in the word of God. He repeats it over and over and over again. Listen to me. And he gives us specific instructions on how to use it. So, if God tells us to do something and we don't do it, what is it, church? It's sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Is it good to use the rod of correction in the correct way? Yes. So not to use it is to sin against the Lord. Withhold not correction from a child. If thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not what? Now he may sound like he's dying. Some of my children could squeal like a stuck hog. Let me tell you what. So he may sound like it, but they're not going to die if you use the rod on them correctly. Now we're going to go through several verses here, and then we're going to break them down in just a minute. Proverbs 13, 24. Why don't we just read these together to really get them in our hearts here tonight. Ready? Here we go. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from... Whoa. If you don't want your children to go to hell, you better use the rod of correction. Next one. A whip for the horse and a bridle for the ass and a rod for the fool's back. The rod and reproof giveth wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Now these are just a few of the verses that talk about using the rod of correction. The word rod is the word shebat in the Hebrew. And it commonly denotes a rod, a scepter, or a, uh, a staff, or a scepter. I don't know why it, I get these ones that turn around like that. It is used for beating common, as a weapon, as a shepherd's instrument, either with to muster or count the sheep. It was used to also protect the sheep. The rod was also used as an instrument for either remedial or penal punishment. It was a corrective instrument, and it was used for a slave, used for a fool, and also used for a son. Now think about it with me. What is a rod? It's an instrument that's long. It's an instrument that is round, and it is not the... Later on, we're going to see, why doesn't God say spank them with your hand? Why does he say use a round instrument? In Proverbs, the rod is a symbol of discipline. Every time it's used, it's used as a symbol of discipline. And failure to use verbal rebuke and physical correction will end up in a child's what? Death. So not only do we need to rebuke our children verbally, we need to back that up with the rod of correction. We're going to find out tonight that yelling and standing them in the corner doesn't work. 
God doesn't tell us to do it that way. All right? Tells us to use the rod. So let's break some of these verses down that we've just read. Proverbs 13, 24 says, don't spare. Don't hold back. I know sometimes you may want to hold back. Sometimes we hold back, and we'll see this tonight, simply because it's a lot of work to discipline correctly. It really is. It takes time. So don't spare. If you do, you hate your son or your daughter. Uh, uh, if you love them, then you're going to chase them betimes or oftenly or over and over again, and as we'll see tonight, at a young age. In Proverbs 19, 18, it says, spank them while there is what? Does there come a time when spanking is no longer going to work? Okay? And we're going to actually see tonight when I think is a good cutoff age for when you should no longer have to use the rod. Okay? So while there is hope, uh, don't spare for their crying. Uh, spank them while they are still moldable. Proverbs 20, verse 30 talks about the blueness or bruising and stripes, how it chases away what? All right, now, <clears throat> a social worker is going to get really upset about this. Okay? Now, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Now, I'm not talking about lacerating the backside of your children. I'm not talking about child abuse. But a little bit of redness is not going to hurt them. You ever notice why God put so much padding here? Now, some of us got more here now than we do here. But uh, <clears throat> my dad used to always say, Danny, if you don't incline your ear, you will incline your rear. Do you understand, son? Foolishness. What is foolishness? It's out-of-control behavior. Do children have a tendency of getting out of control? <clears throat> being in a van, going on vacation with 10 children without the DVRs that they have today, you know, to keep your children entertained. Um, we used to put right on the dashboard of our van, we used to put a rod. And the rod that we used, and I couldn't find one, I was going to bring it, uh, is a plastic rod that's used for sinks. You know those plastic rods, you know, what, what do they call them? What, what do they call them, Jim? A supply line, okay? You can pick them up, they're like a dollar something, okay? And let me tell you, they sting. Now, this is one thing we're going to learn tonight about biblically spanking. It's supposed to hurt, Okay? It's supposed to hurt. Um, so anyway, we would use that, and we would set that up there. And it was amazing when Shelly would take that out of her purse, and she'd set it up there, the control that automatically would come to the van when all the kids would see it. Now, it wouldn't take long before they'd lose it again, but I'm saying, just, just the sight of that thing had a way of bringing control uh, to the children. So foolishness, out of control. It's bound in their heart. Children are just normally what? <laughs> a wild child. Well, there's some really wild children here in the church. Half of them are my grandkids. So, <clears throat> out of control. It's bound in their hearts just the way kids are. Have you ever noticed that kids can't walk? 
How many have ever noticed that? They absolutely cannot walk. If you tell them to walk, they're going to skip. They cannot walk, all right? It's bound in their heart. It's just what children are, okay? The rod will drive it. That's what the Bible says. Used effectively, used correctly, the rod will drive it far from them. Now, how many of you parents here have used it in a wrong way? I have. I've used it in a wrong way. And so we want to make sure we do it right. Here's this one, Proverbs 23, verse 13 through verse 14. Don't, don't withhold that correction. If you beat them, they will not die, but it will save their soul from what? Tell you what, I want my kids to go to heaven. And I want my grandkids to go to heaven. All right? And so it's very important that we use the rod correctly. <clears throat> See that little kid putting his hands on his butt? I can't tell you how many times my kids would do that. They'd put their hands there, and guess what? Their hands would get whacked. Okay? But man's part in salvation is yielding to God, isn't it? Those kids just sang a beautiful song about salvation and how the Lord gave his life for us. That was his part. But our part is yielding to him in that salvation. So if a child has not, has, has not had his will broken, stop and think about it. Is he really going to turn over his heart to the Lord? And so that's why when we use the rod correctively and we break the will of the child, it opens his heart to the things of the Lord. The rod, however, can be used in a wrong way. We're not talking about child abuse. Amen? What a sad, sad thing to see how many children are abused. And just to recently, I was in the doctor's office on Monday getting a stress test, and I was reading the article about uh, those parents down in Florida who chained their 12 children. Uh, what a horrific, horrific crime against those children. And my heart just went out to them and how damaged that they're going to be for the rest of their life. Um, unbelievable. I mean, I can't even understand how parents could do that to their children. But the Bible says this, for the wrath of man worketh not what? All right, now, come on, let's be honest. Many of the times when we discipline our children, we're what? We're angry. Never, never, ever, ever discipline your children in anger, Okay. I know I pick on Daniel a lot, um, <clears throat> but he got spanked the most of any of our kids ever got spanked. And I, I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed spanking Daniel because it was a, it was a new experience every time uh, you would spank that kid. And uh, I will never, ever forget when one time he had slipped a book down his pants. And he bent over, and here's, he's got a square butt, you know. <laughs> Daniel, it's not going to pull that book out of there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Daniel was one of those kids, you'd spank him, and he'd look back up at you, and he just refused to cry. I mean, just re he was not going to cry no matter what. Now, he turned out okay, though. Right. But, yeah, usually when we discipline, we're mad. We're angry. 
And listen, it's the worst thing that you can do is use the rod when you're angry. It's better not to spank than to spank being angry. Amen, church? So we got to stop that. It's not easy to do, but we got to stop that. Catch your breath. We're going to take you through some steps on how you can get the anger out prior to disciplining your children. And, and that jerking them by the ear, you know, yelling at them, it just it doesn't, it's not how God intended it to be. The rod must be used also at early age. Okay? He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The word not only means often, but it means at an early age. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a what? A child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Children will grow up, I believe, uh, to honor their parents who have used the rod in a scriptural way. Uh, It's fun to sit around the table now and hear the kids who have kids that are now disciplining their kids and having to spank their kids talk about uh, when uh, they uh, were the ones that were getting disciplined by mom and dad. It's It's just a lot of fun to listen to them. You would think we were the most abusive parents in the whole world and should be locked up and put away for the rest of our lives. Um, but uh, a lot of fun. So they'll grow up. Our children have grown up to honor us. And one of the reasons our children have grown up to honor us is because we used the rod. We used it. They hit it. We found it. If you make enough of them, they run out of hiding places. I will say that. Okay. So the benefit of using the rod uh, to guide your children, the Bible says the children will... Uh, not like the spanking, but they will respond to the love afterwards. So you love them before, you spank your children, and then you love on them afterwards. And it's amazing how they will throw their arms around you and hug on you and love you as you love them back after the discipline. And isn't that just what the Lord does to us? He may discipline us, but he loves us back. Furthermore, we had our fathers of our flesh was corrected us, and we gave them what? We reverenced them for that. Children will say thank you to parents who use the rod. They'll rise up and call you blessed for using the rod. They will realize the rod is their friend. Believe it or not, they will. The rod is their friend. They will realize that the rod is a positive form of discipline. Not negative, it's positive. Proverbs 22, verse 15. The rod of correction is a loving rod, which when used properly will produce the following. Follow along as we go through these. What will, what will the rod produce if used rightly? It'll bring order and not confusion. Have you ever seen a family where it's just nothing but confusion? Kids running around, out of control, everything's a mess, throwing things, carrying on. If the rod was used effectively, there would be order in that home. You know, I know I tease about this, but all you have to do is go to Walmart. I'm serious. Just go to Walmart. And listen to the kids that are screaming and carrying on and kicking and thrashing and yelling at their parents and just out of control. 
So what does that tell me about those parents? They're not, they're not disciplining. They're not using the rod effectively. <clears throat> It'll bring peace, not turmoil. Order, not confusion. Peace, not turmoil. It'll bring freedom and not bondage. Say, so what do we mean like that? Or by that, a child who has no discipline in his life. You know what that is? That is bondage for that child. You know that, uh, that song we sing, Thy liberty in law. Okay? There's liberty when there's law. I got stopped by the law tonight on the way to church. Can you believe that? I have not been stopped by the police. I can't tell you when's the last time I've been stopped by the police. I got stopped by the police and Christina said, why is he pulling us over? I said, I have no idea why he's pulling me over because I was not speeding. So he pulled me over and he said, can I see your license? And I went, I don't have it with me. I said, I left it at home. And uh, he said, uh, can you prove who you are? I said, that's my daughter right over there. Give her the ticket. And uh, so Christina got her license out and he took my license, insurance, everything. And he said, you know, when you switch lanes, you didn't use your blinker. I'm like, I'm like really? And uh, he said, and you know, it is a misdemeanor to drive without your license. And he said, get out and let your daughter drive you. So I said, but anyway, how did I get on that? Freedom, not bondage. Law. Zeal, not apathy. That rod can get the kid up and going. Can put some zeal behind him. So why do we as Christian parents, if that's just a few of the good things that come by using the rod effectively, then why don't we use the rod? Well, a lot of times we've just listened to the world. We've just bought into the world's philosophy that it's cruel to use the rod. You know, you leave a little mark on your son or daughter's behind and that's just the worst possible thing you ever could do. It's just cruel. It suppresses a child's freedom of expression. Hallelujah, that's what we're trying to do. But you know, you don't want to scar your kids. You don't want to suppress their freedom of expression. It'll produce bitterness and hatred. That's not true. Children who are not disciplined and left to themselves, they will grow up to despise their parents. It will cause rebellion. Mm-mm. It'll drive it what? Far from them. Just the opposite. So I just want to say to especially you young parents here tonight, don't listen to the world. The best book on child training is the Bible itself. So I'd rather have the upper four than the bottom four. So let's look at the results. Are the world's methods of discipline working out very well? That's because man's ways are not what? Not God's ways. 
God's ways are not man's ways. One of the reasons we do not discipline as we should, and I mentioned this earlier, because time and effort are involved in proper discipline. Especially a busy mom. Got two, three, four kids hanging on her and making demands upon her for it's just so much easier to yell and send them to bed. Or now you know what we're doing with them? We're giving them an iPad to play with. Or we're giving them our cell phones to play with. Yes or no? But please, you young families here, it's worth taking the time. If you do it while they're young, then you're not going to have to be dealing with all of these issues later on. Next, the promises of God for using the rod correctly, properly. Your children will be wise. The rod of reproof giveth what? Wisdom. A lot can be learned right here on the backside. We want our children to be wise. It will drive evil away from them. Sin has consequence, so it's going to save them from a lot of the consequences in life. It is an expression of our love. If we do it right, they will sense that. I don't know if any of my kids ever believed this, though. This hurts me more than it does you. I don't think they ever did believe that. Also, it produces a clear conscience. Again, we're going to take you step by step, but you want to bring the child to a place where they clear their conscience before God. And if they've sinned against someone else, then they've gone and they've made that right, too. They've asked forgiveness. We always try to teach our children, and it's something that, It's difficult to do, but we've always tried to teach our children to say, I was wrong, will you please forgive me? And we just tried, didn't we, Daniel? We just tried to drill that into them, but how many times they would say, I'm sorry. And we'd say, no, you need to do it right. I was wrong, will you please forgive me? So that's the clearing of your conscience. It keeps a child from going to hell. will open their heart to the Savior. It will bring calm and order. Where I talked about that. And it will teach them how to respond correctly to other authorities in their life. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the benefits of getting under authority. What are the benefits of getting under authority? We're going to learn who our authorities are. Our authorities are more than just our parents. But one of the biggest lies that Satan has ever sold to young people is there's greater benefit in not being under authority than there is by being under authority. We'll talk about that next week. So how to use the rod of correction effectively. This is where I wanted to get to. What are some of the steps that we need to take? You really need to remember these. Take the time that's necessary to discipline Don't do it just as quickly as possible and get it over with. Take the time. Never spank in anger. We've already talked about that. Correct. 
for future conduct. What do I mean by that? Correct for future conduct. So they don't repeat it again. That's why, listen, when you spank your son and daughter, it needs to hurt so they remember, I don't want to do this again. Expect children to fail, and you as a parent look forward to times of discipline and instruction. Right? This is a time of discipleship. So again, lots of time is involved in using the rod correctly. Know what you are going to do when discipline is needed, so you're not just reacting my son or daughter does this or does that, how am I going to respond? What am I going to do? What's the procedure that I'm going to take in doing this? Spank your children the way that God spanks you. Does God spank us? But how does he spank us? In love. Whosoever the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Love has to be the underlying motivation. Proper methods to use in discipline. I've talked to you about this before. Be consistent. This is probably the area that my wife and I failed at the most. Because it is difficult to be consistent. What do I mean by being consistent? Talk to me. Come on. Both be on the same page. All right. The uh, husband and wife, we're going to get to that. But yeah, the husband and wife are on the same page. We're consistent there. She doesn't let them do something that the husband would discipline them for. That's right. Not that, well, t- today I'm mad and angry and you're going to get spanked for, but tomorrow I'm going to overlook it. So then they're like, can I, can't I, you know, can I... Well, I'm going to try to get away with it. Okay, favoritism. Calmly, what's the word? Calm, what? Okay, I want to hear the first word, what? Calmly. Calmly inform them how they have disobeyed. This is what you've done. Do not, what? How many of you would say, I almost always raise my voice when I discipline? So what happens to a child's spirit when we do that? Closes off, right? Just like ours. Do you like it when people yell at you? Hmm? Wives, can I tell you something? Yelling at your husbands will never work. Husbands, yelling at your wives will never work. Same with kids. Never give repeated commands. Tell them what? We are so bad at this. Tell them once, tell them twice, tell them three times. And the fourth time, now you're screaming. Right? 
And now that you're screaming, they realize, okay, now it's time to obey. So what have you done? You've taught them to obey on the fourth time when the scream comes. And really, that's how we work ourselves up to the anger level. What's that? Oh, yeah. Go to a private room. Your children do not want to be disciplined in front of the other children or in front of grandma and grandpa or in front of whoever else is at the house. Take them to a private room. Now the other children, I will say this, love to see their siblings get whopped. They love it. But uh, love on your children before you discipline them. Have a time of instruction with them using the Bible. This is what, we're quoting verses, this is what you did wrong. You're appealing to their conscience. Explain why they are going to get a spanking. Is this why I have to spank you for this? God tells me I need to do this. Explain to them what they should have done. Now, by going through this, do you see how this is taking a lot of time? But I have to believe that if we do it correctly, it'll bear a good fruit. Don't you? If we do it right, we do it consistently right, it's going to bear good fruit. <clears throat> Don't spank them a certain number of swats. Daniel taught me this one. Okay? You've never seen anyone that can tighten their butt like Daniel can tighten his butt. I mean, he'd squeeze that thing and it'd become like a rock. And so this is, this is what we, you know, because what he was going to do, he was going to outlast us. If we said, you know what, that's, you're getting two swats for that, or you're getting three swats for that, or Daniel, you're getting 75 swats. You did that? You know what? They're going to hold out. So what is that doing? If they're holding out, and one, two, I beat them. What are we drilling into our children? Not a broken heart. We're, we're drilling rebellion into them, aren't we? So don't ever tell them the number of swats. Ask the Lord to give you the number. Sometimes you can even tell. I'm going to tell you, Bethany, my sweet, precious Bethany, I hated, love spanking Daniel, hated spanking Bethany. I mean, she would wail and cry and get big alligator tears and she'd lay on the floor and she'd flop back and forth and she'd put her hands there and it was just awful. She was so tender. She was so easily, you know, you spank her one time and that was, whack. That was, boy. So children are different, right? Children are different. Spank them so it hurts. You know, I, I get my grandkids up here and uh, I, I'll throw them up on my lap and 
I'll go play the bongos and I'll start whapping them on the butt. Play the bongos and I'll just play with my. And they're laughing and laughing and I'm. I start whacking them harder and harder and harder. They just laugh and laugh. If mom and dad would spank them like that, they'd be screaming and yelling and alligator tears. But when grandpa does it, it's a lot of fun because we're playing bongos. All right, listen. Don't play bongos on your kids' butts. It really doesn't hurt them. Okay? That's why the rod hurts. And the, the truth is, it's pretty hard to hurt a kid with an open hand. You'll hurt your hand quicker than you'll hurt their butt. Spank them to produce a broken will, repentance. Now, again, we're taking all of these steps. Spank them to turn their heart to you, not away from you. And this is where the loving afterwards comes in. I mean, seriously, your kid, if you do this right, your kids will turn around and they'll bury their head and they'll be crying and they'll bury their head right down and they'll snuggle right up to you. Make them lay still. I told you about Beth flinging and flailing. and I said, honey, you know, if you don't lay still and let, let daddy spank you, I'm just going to have to spank you again. Wow, this is a... I'm going to be really honest with you. And I tell people this a lot. I preach more from failure than I do success. And I have really failed at this. Because it's so easy to see the negative and so hard to see the positive. And that's, that's true in anything in life. A lot of times when my wife and I are counseling couples and they're just bitter and upset with each other. They just can't see anything good in each other. And we'll use the illustration when Shelly was so bitter at me. I don't understand that because, you know, how, how could she ever be bitter at me? I don't get it. But bitter and upset with me and, you know, very negative. And so then she, been to, she wrote down a piece of paper because she couldn't think of them. So she wrote them down on a piece of paper, all the things that were good in my life. And she purposed that she was going to start focusing on the good instead of the bad. And I'll tell you what, it was a turning point in our marriage. So there is a lot of good that our kids are doing, even though we may have to stop and think and look. And, but how can I praise them? Children respond to praise. Church, are you with me? It's true. Children really respond to praise. It's, we all do. But, you know, as we get older, we can, you know, we get a little bit of thick skin and we can handle it. And, but children, they just... So ten parts praise to one part rebuke. How many say that's, that's hard, Pastor? It is. Pray with your child. Pray with your child.
and then have them ask forgiveness. Okay, we need to go to brother, we need to go to sister, we need to go to dad, we need to go to mom. We need to ask forgiveness. I was Will you please forgive me? <clears throat> and then repeat your instructions. Go back over it just to make sure that they understand why they got the spanking, that everything's okay now, it's done, it's over with, it's not going to be brought up anymore, right? You've forgiven them, the other person has forgiven them, it, it's done. So what are some wrongs, wrong methods of discipline? We'll go through this quickly. Don't yell at it. How many, of you, how many of you here had parents that yelled? Can I see your hand? You had yelling parents. Okay. Don't yell. Don't stand it in the corner. I just, I mean, that just, that just caused the bitterness and the anger to go deep. Don't stand in a corner. Don't talk nice to it. This is where you're trying to be your child's friend instead of their parent. Friendship can come after they're grown and out of the home. You're their parent. But you'll, you'll also see this. Uh, you know, go to the grocery store and see these kids all acting up and the parents are trying to talk nice to it. I'm like, man, them kids need a whooping is what them kids need. Are you... Why do they put all the candy right there? When you, do they know what they're doing? Don't give it a reward. Oh, honey, if you'll just stop crying, I'll give you a piece of candy. What have you just taught the kid? Cry for a piece of candy. Don't slap it. My parents were wonderful parents, but I will never, ever, ever, ever forget the one time that my dad slapped me. And we were in, I was raised in the Upper Peninsula, and up there we had a store called Shopco. I think they have, had one in Brooklyn. or Do they have one in Brooklyn? Still have one in Brooklyn? Wow. So we had Shopco up there. And my dad had promised that he would get me a... Uh, it was either a tube or it was a tire for my bike. can't remember which one it was, a tube or a tire. And so we were in Shopco, and I was bugging my dad. Dad, you know, can we go over and look now, you know? And um, then for whatever reason, I can't remember this, but my dad said he wasn't going to get it for me. And so I like, stopped my foot, got a little mad, and, Dad, you said I could have a tube or tire. My dad turned around, and he slapped me. It knocked my glasses off. My glasses went sliding uh, down the aisle. And uh, I've never forgotten that. I was absolutely humiliated. I started crying in the store. My heart turned away from my dad. And my dad was a great dad. I mean, my dad took me everywhere and did everything with me. But, yeah. Don't slap it. Don't shake it. Oh, 
Only use the rod of correction. And it'll drive it far from him. Yelling won't, standing in a corner won't, talking nice to it won't, giving it a reward won't, slapping it won't, shaking it won't. But using the rod, God says, will. So let's look at some principles of application here. Earn respect from your children by doing it right. Don't allow your children to backtalk. Uh, especially dads, don't let them backtalk their mothers. Very seldom would my children ever backtalk me, but they would backtalk mom. And uh, boy, if I heard it, they're going to get it. Don't allow your children to negotiate their punishment. <laughs> That's just stupid. <laughs> Don't allow your children to argue with you. Don't allow your children to pit parents against each other. That's what Eugene was talking about there. So make sure you're on the same page. Parents must stick together. Don't interfere when one is disciplining, even if you don't agree. Okay? If you don't agree, talk about it somewhere where the children aren't going to hear. Don't let the children know that you're not on the same page with this. You all understanding what I'm saying here? Okay. Teach your children to respect adults as their authority. So many times we take up that offense for our children against other authorities. It's not good. Don't allow your children to interrupt. Give direct orders to your children. Don't allow your children to be slothful, lazy, or slow. Slothful, lazy, or what? Slow. Okay. <clears throat> Slow workers get fired. Now, I know some people are just faster than others. I'm, I'm not taking that into... But I'm saying some people are just snail slow, if you know what I mean. And if we allow that to continue as children, we're training them that it's okay to be that way. It's not okay to be that way. If you give any kind of command or order and your child says no, don't kill him. Okay? That's extreme. But discipline that immediately. You don't ever say no to mom and daddy. Don't put up with children nagging. Daddy, 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 daddy. I've seen parents engage in conversation and children will come up and they'll actually grab their parents' face. Say, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> come on, son. <laughs> You've got my attention now. 
<clears throat> discipline them for abusing the house. Discipline them for abusing things. Discipline them uh, for abusing the things that belong to other people. You break it, you what? Okay. You break it, you, you fix it or pay for it. All right. Now, this is the question that's often asked. When do you stop spanking your kids? We learned we're to do it at a young age. We're to do it betimes. We're to do it regularly. <clears throat> when the rod of correction is mentioned in Proverbs, it usually refers to using it on a child. Strong's Concordance says that a child is the age of infancy to adolescence. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. If the rod of correction has been used effectively from childhood, by the time a son reaches manhood, which in the Jewish culture was 13 years of age, the rod should no longer have to be used. So they turned into a adult young man at the age of 13. So I think a good pattern to follow would be from childhood till 13 years of age. By the time they're 13, again, if it was used correctly, you shouldn't have to use it. However, I will say this. I'm not saying that once they turn 13, you should never, you know, that that's just a hard, fast rule. If they're going to act like a child, maybe at the age of 13, they need to get a good looking now and then. You act like a child, maybe you need to be treated as a child. Now, that's something that parents would have to decide, but I guess we'd look at one as a general rule. I do want to say this, though. I think this is very, very important. Moms, listen to me. When your children turn teenagers, let dad do the discipline especially the discipline of a son. My wife was very good. Matter of fact, by the time they turned teenagers, she was ready to give me the discipline of them. But she was very good to say, you know what? They're young men now. Dan, they're yours. Sometimes she'd give me some counsel. She'd give me some advice. She'd share with me how she thought they should be disciplined. But the discipline was now my responsibility. And ye fathers. So dads, let me encourage you. Because I'm telling you, there's just something about a young man being disciplined. You know, a young teenage young man being disciplined by his mother will, will cause him to be rebellious. So moms, back off. And here's one thing about moms. Sometimes I've found that moms are stronger disciplinarians than dads. And so it's hard for a mother to turn that over to her husband because she thinks he's going to be a little bit too lenient. 
And then she starts nagging her husband and she starts getting on her husband because he's not just, just, just ladies, leave it alone. Let your husbands take care of the discipline. You can counsel them, you can give your suggestion, but just let them take care of it. So let's talk about the disciplining of teenagers. Teach them that there is consequences for the wrong decisions that they make. So man soweth, that shall he what? He's going to reap it. So do your best to drill that principle into them. Teach them that sin grieves and displeases the Lord. Hopefully they know that by then, but again, just reinforce force that into your teenagers. Teach them that their disobedience will result in broken fellowship with God. Again, this is discipleship. Keep the heart of your child. My son, give me thine heart. If you lose your son or daughter's heart, find out when you lost it and do your best to get it back. What did I do? What did I say? What happened? Why did they become bitter toward me? Go back and make it right. Repent. Son, I'm sorry. Daughter, I'm sorry. I was wrong when I did that. So this is a powerful verse right here. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Wow, what a verse. Humbly and sincerely seek forgiveness if you've lost the heart of your son or daughter. Get their heart back. Draw close to your child and don't reject them. One of the easiest things to do with a rebellious son or daughter is to reject them. You're angry, you're upset. They know you disapprove. They feel they can't ever please you. So they quit trying. Teens need a lot of love, a lot of praise, and a lot of approval. Let's say that together. Ready? Teens need a lot of love, praise, and approval. Now they'll act like they don't. Well, let me tell you something. They do. You know how I know that they do? Because if they don't get it from you, they're going to try to find it from somebody else. And Satan will use that in a powerful way to tempt them and to draw them away to their peers. If you need to remove something bad, replace it with something good. That's that flee and follow principle. If you need to remove that bad music, then get some good music into your children. If you need to separate them from negative influences, replace it with positive influences. thought this was cute. Good friends don't let you do stupid things. Right? You need to get your kids around some good kids that don't do stupid things. If you need to withdraw privileges, try to replace them with wholesome activities. Um, 
I guess this is time. We're almost done here. Um, I think I've maybe told you this before, age of uh, 15. I can't go into the whole story because it take too much time, but I wrecked my father's car. Didn't have a driver's license. Another pastor's son came down, spent the day with me, brought alcohol. We got drunk. I took my dad's car at the age of 15. We went out joyriding. I ran over a cliff. Uh, if it wasn't for two trees that kept us from going over the cliff, I would have been dead, so would my friend. Uh, Mom and dad came home. My Make a long story short, my dad grounded me for one year. I was grounded for a year. My dad kept me grounded to the very day. <laughs> 365 days. But you know, my dad was so awesome during that time. My dad did everything with me at that time. I couldn't go anywhere or do anything unless I was with my dad. So from the age of 15 to 16, I didn't have any friends except my dad. I went fishing with my dad. I went hunting with my dad. My dad would go to his study. I would go to the church, work around the church. I, I was with my dad. You know what? I thank the Lord my dad grounded me. Alcohol never touched my lips after that time. Keep lines of communication open. So important. Keep communicating with your teens. Teach them the principles of God's word, discipleship, 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 and pray, pray, pray. The power of a praying parent. I want to share with you in the next, like, two minutes, 25 things to pray for your kids. Pray for their salvation. Pray that they will grow spiritually. Pray that they will have spiritual discernment in their life. That they, would not, uh, that they would fall in love with the word of God. That God would keep them from evil. That they would purpose to live a morally pure life. That they would have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. That they would love, honor, and obey their parents. That they would be an example of the believer in their word and their lifestyle and their love, attitude, faith, and purity. That their character would be more valuable to them than their credentials. That they'd be willing to stand up for what is right, even if it means standing alone. That they would be, that they would be kept from the love of money. That they would have a submissive and respectful attitude towards authority. That they would have a servant's heart that sin would always be distasteful to them and that they would be easily broken over their sin. That they would love one another. That they would trust God to direct their lives through their parents' leadership and that rebellion would not set in. That they would never become bitter toward God and others regardless of the hardships that they may have to face that they would accept themselves the way God designed them to be, that they would be young men and women of biblical conviction, that they would be humble, that they would resist the devil's temptation, that they would learn to be content, that they would have godly friends, and that they would marry God's choice for their life. I'd like to encourage every one of you parents to 
picked these up. I've ran off, I think, 75 copies of the 25 things to pray for your children. If we do it right, may God be gracious to raise up a godly generation. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.